When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome back to Across the Romaverse. It's episode 117. Um, kind of, we have some good news to break and some bad news to break uh, on this episode. I guess we'll start with the bad news, guys. We'll, we'll rip the band-aid off right away. Um, for those of you who are on Twitter, you probably saw some of the tweets on Friday from, from Bren from the site account. Uh, the fact that Vox Media, who owns SB Nation and Kiazzi Toti, will no longer be funding our podcast after the end of February. Um, I'm sure we'll try to find a way to keep it going because we really enjoy interacting with you guys every week and, you know, doing this. But uh, guys, tough pill to swallow on Friday. It definitely came out of uh, out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much we can say about it right now, uh, but on on the bright side, I, I mean, I would I've really enjoyed everything that we've done so far. And, you know, I'm pretty sure you'll probably mention on the on the good side, we are trying to make sure that this this podcast continues in some way, shape, or form, even after uh, SB Nation support kind of ends at the end of the month. Yeah, for me, also huge bummer, huge surprise. Um, I was actually traveling to Dallas when uh, we, the news broke, so I was glancing at my phone trying to catch my flight, and uh, it was it was definitely a shock to the system for sure. But um, you know, like Steve and Jimmy mentioned. Definitely hope to continue um, in the future with her without boxes funding because, um, you know, we all very much enjoy doing this. And um, also, you know, got to feel for the people that that lost their jobs who, you know, this is a significant part of their lives as well. So, um, you know, well wishes out to those people. Yeah, for sure. Definitely people who it's their actual full-time employment feel bad for them. Um, yeah. So far, the site is is safe from what we understand. I know the NHL and MLS sites were not so fortunate. So we are fortunate in that regard. So we thank you for all your support and all the, you know, the page views and the interaction that helps uh, keep our site going strong. Um, so keep it up. And thanks again for listening. But on the, the good side, obviously, was on the pitch yesterday, guys, Roma. You know, these matches at these provincial type of sides, the mid to lower mid table teams like the Spezias of the world have traditionally given Roma some headaches, sometimes tripped them up. I think of some past trips to Kievo Verona like a decade ago. I think of Venezia last season and and some of the the other places in between that we've we've seen Roma really go and, and bottle things when they're either, you know, in a race for the top four or title race or whatever it is. But yesterday, I mean, you couldn't have asked for a more perfectly played game from Roma in a an away match with a big match looming the following week at Leaders Napoli. So you kind of might have one eye looking ahead a little bit sometimes. And you're like, you know, we just got to get through this with three points because Milan and Lazio go head to head. Juve and Atalanta go head to head after this. At least two, maybe all four could drop points. Somebody else lost points for other reasons we'll talk about later. But Roma did did everything they had to do. Two nothing win. Did not even concede a shot on target. So, what you think of the performance yesterday, Jim? I was pretty impressed with the performance, and you're 100 percent right that it's very typical of Roma to uh, play down to the competition. And you know, we're going to talk a lot more about certain players who are leaving in the near in later in this podcast, I would imagine. But in terms of players that we know are sticking around for at least a little while you got to really respect the attackers coming into this one, whether not just Tammy Abraham, but obviously Paolo Dybala and Stefano El-Sharawi coming in and like playing with intent. 
that's not something that we always see from even world-class attackers who are at Roma. I don't know if that's a club-wide mentality thing when the match comes around or what exactly the issue is there. But this is the type of match that, I mean, to put it bluntly, is what separated Juventus from Roma for like most of the 2010s. Uh, and to see that Roma is able to win this match and win it comfortably, you know, like being up 2-0 uh, by the 50th minute and not conceding a goal, that's really promising for Roma's short to medium to long-term aspirations. And also, don't look now, but we're tied for third place, which is not something that I would have anticipated a week ago, um, let, let alone, you know, let, let alone a couple weeks ago before that when things were looking way more bleak. Uh, of course, a lot of that does come down to the fact that Juventus was deducted 15 points due to uh, their usual uh, trickery uh, of some sort. But at the same time, I'm pretty happy with where things are for Roma right now. And there's a lot to be very happy about with Roma's play from the past week or two. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the fact that they were able to go to Spezia and not even not even not concede a, a goal. This is a, yet another clean sheet. The only match they've given up a goal since the restart of uh, play for 2023 was the the Milan match where they gave up two and then had to come back and fought their way to a point. They shut out Bologna, one nothing, um, and then they had I'm trying to remember who the next match was. Uh, Milan was the two two. They had the Copa match against uh, drawing a blank here. Who they play in the Copa again, guys? Cremonense? No, that's coming up. <laughs> Genoa. Um, Genoa, thank you. Genoa, Genoa yeah. was was another shutout, and then it was a shutout of Fiorentina, and now a shutout of Spezia. So the the goals have been not going in for the other side, which is, of course, important. You know, it's part of winning the, the game. You want to win the game. You can't give up goals, and you have to score goals. And I actually saw a stat today. Uh, AS Roma Data put it out um, based on research from FB Reference, and Roma has the lowest XG conceded among teams in the top five leagues in league play uh, at they're conceded. They've conceded 12.8 in terms of expected goals in their 19 games as 0.67 every 90 minutes. And I think they've given up in reality 16. I'm not sure where that ranks. That wasn't referenced, but the lowest XG. So the defense is doing a job in terms of just keeping other teams at bay. Um, you know, of course, they had a picture of Smalling, Mancini, and, and Ibanez with that stat because those three have been very strong. Um, I've seen people mention on Twitter recently Mancini is kind of back to the form we expected him to be in a couple of years ago when he started to look like he could be a solid defender for Roma. And the team is reaping the rewards, and, and they're getting goals from from players that need to score goals, namely Tam, Tammy Abraham yesterday. He was very confident finish. Not the most difficult goal to score, but he finished it confidently. A goal that maybe he doesn't finish uh, like a month or so ago. I mean, on the defense point, you just got to also think that that's not just the central defenders mm. who are playing that role either. I mean, I think that Rui Patricio is somewhere in between Morgan De Sanctis and kind of the uh, Chesney Alisson range. Like he's in that range in between the two at this point in terms of how I feel about him as Roma's goalkeeper. Cause he's one more in terms of like actual silverware as a starting goalkeeper than any of those guys ever did. Um, but at the same time, obviously, you know, he's older, he does make mistakes, but I feel like most goalkeepers make mistakes every now and then. And the end result is, as you said, a class defense. Um, the trouble of course, is that that class defense, which again, a good indicator of how good that defense has been is that Marash Kambula has looked great when he plays and he's just not able to play because those three defenders are ahead of him in the depth chart. And like, it's kind of, it's a bummer for him because he's been impressive. And Mourinho's even said that, that whenever he gets to play, he's a hundred percent ready to perform a hundred percent ready to be there. Um, of course, we need to get that offense rolling. And the good news is that the offense is starting to roll a bit more, which is helping things flow better. Yeah, just to add, I think, you know, uh, with the with how well the defenses are performing, it's kind of, it, you think of vintage Mourinho, um, his first in at Chelsea, where they were just impossible to score on. And I think they set the record uh, for fewest goals conceded um, in a Premier League season in his first or second season. Um, and so you're kind of seeing, you know, that philosophy um, take root over this team, which is great to see after so many years of just a leaky defense 
Um, and that was Roma's Achilles heel. You think back to the days with Spalletti where we just had an all-world attack and then ooh, um, ooh, for some reason my computer said I was muted, so that was weird. But anyway, um, so you know, you, you see these principles take place and um, with reports that Smalling's considering leaving, it's a little bit worrying just because of how well he's been performing. But as Jimmy was mentioning, um, Kumbil has been excellent when he's when he's popped in. So you trust him to to pick up the slack, even though there might be some growing pains next season if Smalling were to leave. And then I'm sure um, Pinto Mourinho will target another essential defender to bring in. We saw reports of Nacho um, being linked with Roma. Um, but also you see reports in Spain saying that his heart is set on staying in Real Madrid by any means necessary. So I don't know um, how accurate those those reports linking into Roma are, but that's that's kind of the name that you uh, can see the club being linked with down the road. Yeah, it's not a transfer season without Nacho being linked recently. In the past couple of windows, <laughs> I feel like he's been linked a lot. Um, but just going back to in terms of Mourinho's teams not giving up goals now, you know, with Roma not giving up goals besides that Milan match since the restart. In terms of goals allowed, only Napoli with 14, uh, Lazio and Juve with 15 conceded, have fewer goals conceded than Roma, who's on 16. Um, so that that bodes well, the, the issue for Roma. And it's been for most of the season, it's just outscoring opponents, right? Even when they do hold teams to one or no goals, it's putting enough in to score because Roma's 25 goals force is low compared to those teams they're competing with. You know, uh, Napoli, of course, head and shoulders above everybody else with 46 but that's Milan 35 and they still have a match to play tomorrow we're recording on Monday they have a Tuesday match against Lazio Inter 38 then it's Roma with 25 scored Atalanta has 37 Lazio 31 uh, Juve 30 so Roma's scoring more on the level of like those mid-table teams but their defense is among the top which is what's keeping them in that battle for the top four and if Tammy can get going like we saw yesterday and and how he's been performing much better since the restart now two goals uh, and I think four league matches since the restart, that's a good, good rate. I mean, Paulo Dybala is really the difference maker, right? He's played 13 steady out matches this season. He's got seven goals, four assists. That's uh, 11 goal contributions already. So he's contributing basically, a, you know, almost a goal every 90 minutes when you take out, you know, not all 13 of those were starts or full 90 performances. So he just is the, the key, I think. I mean, it, it showed again yesterday. First goal, could have shot at himself. So the better option was to roll it across to El Shirari, who tapped it in. Nice play. Also set up Tammy's goal. Had two assists yesterday. And when he's on the pitch, you know, Roma just flows so much better. He's, and I, I, I we've been saying it for a while, but he's the best player in terms of just pure talent that Roma's had since Francesco Totti. There's no question about it. Yeah, at this point, it definitely seems like he's trying to drag Roma to the Champions League, kicking and screaming. Uh, the good news is that, you know, in the past couple matches, at least, Tammy Abraham seems to have gotten the memo about how to be more involved, both in terms of scoring goals himself, but also, you know, involving himself in the buildup of play. It's, he's never been as much of a uh, only, uh, he's never been as much of a player only invested in the final pass like Njeko was, for example. Um, he's always been a more complete striker than many other strikers and honestly more of a complete striker than a lot of people give him credit for. But at the same time, I've seen something from him so far this year where he seems a lot more determined to be involved in the link-up play. Uh, he seems more willing to play off of Dybala, uh, almost as if you know he recognizes that Dybala is one of the most talented players that Roma has had in the 21st century. And as a result, you know maybe he should probably play to emphasize both of their strengths as, a, as opposed to just working to try to make Tammy Abraham look good. Um, yeah, and I have relative confidence that Roma will be able to find a new gear with its attack uh whether that includes uh a new new attacking signing uh or not uh that's probably something we'll be we'll be discussing later in the pod as well uh but I would just say that at the very least it'll be helpful to have a player like Dybala linking up with a player like Abraham in for the next couple months and if Rome is able to bring in someone like a Ziyech, uh, or if they're just able to give players like Christian Volpato a chance or Ola Solbakken a chance. Like I can see things improving on the attacking front. Yeah. I think Dybala's health is what it all comes down to, huh, Brandon? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, with Tammy uh, turning returning to form um, at last year's form, and uh, you kind of it's obviously would still be a huge loss if he goes out injured, but um, at the same time, I think Tammy's more than capable of picking up the slack. We saw that last season, um, but to take it a step further from for what Jimmy was saying, uh, not even just Tammy's been improving, but the whole team um, collectively working together, um, their patterns of play and all that good stuff. And so, um, you know, when the, when the team as a collective is, is working together in that way, um, there's less pressure on Dybala to make something happen because you, you trust uh, with the talent that Roma have at their disposal, you, you trust the team to, to be able to put enough chances together where it's not solely on Dybala to create that one moment of magic, um, you know, late in match. Yeah, for sure. It was good to see the other guys putting the ball in the back. Then, even though Dybala was the one providing the assist, seeing Tammy finish it so calmly and, and confidently was was good because whether it's, Dybala passing the ball or Pellegrini who actually got yesterday off to, to nurse whatever little niggling issue he's had to try to rest up for Napoli, you know, or one of the midfielders assisting him. If Tammy's scoring, no matter who's passing the ball, that's just a, a huge boost. It's great to see El Sharari, who's been, you know, the ultimate team player. He he plays when Renew needs him, gives his effort when, whenever he's called upon. And he, he was rewarded with the goal yesterday in 70 solid minutes. Um, you know, they, they played the veteran midfield of Matic and Cristante. They just, controlled the center of the park they didn't get concede much and of course like we mentioned the defense has been good Selleck had a nice match despite uh his finger being bent the wrong way within the first five minutes I don't know if you caught the close-up of that that was that was pretty uh pretty gross but um the one thing I'm wondering now because we'll get into Zaniolo in a second is has his absence because last week apparently had a you know he had a bellyache they said against Fiorentina stomach virus or something and then this match he apparently asked not to be called up because he wants out I saw it mentioned on Twitter. Is it a little bit of addition by subtraction of him not being in a lineup, kind of holding the ball too long on the break, or maybe, you know, attacks breaking down because of his poor decision-making at times? So I'm not going to go that far necessarily. Uh, I think that, you know, just as a hypothetical, let's say that instead of Nicolo Zaniolo being the guy who seemed to be on his way out, that maybe similar to what rumors had been saying in December and November, that, Tammy Abraham was going to be courted by Manchester United. They were going to pay enough money to take him away from us in January. Like if that happened and we did, hadn't seen any of Tammy for this month because, oh, he had a stomach bug or, oh, he's decided not to play matches anymore. I think we would probably be asking the same question, right? Because Tammy was not impressive at all in the first half of the season. And I think we have a little bit of recency bias there in terms of wondering like, oh, is this just addition by subtraction? I think that Roma has been lucky to get Paolo Dybala back. I think that Roma has been lucky that Tammy Abraham is rediscovering kind of the the reset point, the, the zero point of his ability, which is high. He's a high, he's a very good player. He just went through bad form. Um, I will not be surprised personally if and when Zaniola leaves, if he goes on a hot streak at whatever club he's at next, because I do think that a lot of this comes down to the complicated relationship that Roma has with its star players, um, particularly star players who start from a young age at representing the club. Uh, we can have, I think we, we could fill an entire podcast talking about how Roma has repeatedly chewed up young Italian talent with the potential to be superstars over the decades, whether that's Antonio Cassano, whether that's Alessandro Florenzi, whether that's um, basically most players other than Totti and De Rossi. Uh, it's, it's not, it's a very unforgiving environment. And so that's why I wouldn't be surprised. Like even if he went to a place like Milan, which are rumored to be looking for his services, if he just turned it around right away. So that's why I'm hesitant to say it's an addition by subtraction situation just because i think that there's so much more going on there and also we don't know how we'd be feeling if abraham was the one being transfer listed so I, i'm a little hesitant to say that i haven't looked yet but has anybody put out the conspiracy theory yet that Zaniolo bulked up over the world cup break because he's angling for that premier league move 
I haven't seen it, but I mean, it's not the craziest thing in the world because if you're going to ask out, you know, this has to be on your mind for, for some time now. No. Yeah. I would expect, you know, you don't just wake up on like January 15th. I'm going to leave. (laughs) I mean, we've been having these, we've been having rumors about Roma and Zaniolo being deep in contract negotiation discussions for literally over a year. Uh, So this is, it, it, there's no use in having contract negotiations as an employee unless there is at least a little bit of a hint that like, you know, if you don't give me my new salary, I'm going to look for somewhere else to work. Like regardless of whether we're talking about sports or real life, apologies to the athletes out there. I do think of it as a little bit different from you and me working, working our jobs. Um, you know, if, if contract negotiations are going nowhere for a renewal, yeah, eventually you're probably going to get into the back of your head. They don't really want me here. Maybe I should be moving on. And I think that's definitely something going on there too. Now, let me ask you though. I mean, from from the rumors, I think he's asking for like 4.5 million a year or whatever it is. Has, has he earned that? On the oh, no. Without, no, he definitely hasn't. Um, I don't think he's earned that. I think that there was, I think that he has probably earned some form of raise. Uh, I don't think that he has earned four four and a half million euros a year. Uh, I think that he also just generally chose. I understand why he needs to push for a, a raise now and why he would want to, because let's say that he signs a new contract with Roma, basically at a similar salary to what he's getting paid right now. And then he exp- gets back onto his excellent form. Roma's not going to want to sign him to another contract and give him like a raise after that, even if his form returns to what we know it can be. So I would say that he doesn't deserve four and a half million. I know that the rumored figure for if Milan end up getting him is three and a half million a year, which to me makes sense for an attacker with his potential. Uh, We'll see what happens though. I'm not, I'm hoping he doesn't stay in Serie A if he moves on because that could really bite Roman in the ass. I'm not yeah. so sure. Sh- I mean, I don't know. I think we've seen, I don't know. I, I feel like we've seen enough in Mourinho's career that when a player as talented as Zaniello kind of falls off the path and ultimately ends up leaving the club that, you know, two, three years down the line, it's kind of like, oh, this is why, you know, there was, there was conflict between Mourinho and this player. We saw that Dele Ali. Oh, yeah, he's like dead now, huh? I mean, he came yeah, yeah, exactly. Turkey from what I've read. And so that's not, um, I'm struggling to think of a couple other examples, but I, there's that, that's not the first instance where that's happened. And so I would be skeptical um, that Zemiela would turn into the stud that we all expected him to if he leaves Roma especially if he goes to one of those mid-table EPL sides. Um, yeah, I agree that if he goes to Brighton or whatever, yeah, that it'll like, be different. But, like, my big worry, personally, is that giving, like, selling him to, like, Milan, of all clubs, would be a bad idea for Roma. Uh, you don't, like... Yeah, but if you, get, if, you get, if you're able to buy Ziyech, you know, because... Weren't Milan... you the one saying in our in our little group chat that Ziyech has, like, barely scored in the past year outside no, of... No, that was Steve. No, that I said Steve. that I'm he has no goals Ziyech. in the Premier League this year. Yeah, <laughs> man. I, I don't know. Like, like if... If we're talking about guys who aren't scoring in the league, I'd rather keep the guy who's been around for a while than, than Ziyech. Like, that's yeah, my personal Ziyech opinion. Like, if we're just competing, if we're swapping in one guy who doesn't score for another guy who doesn't score... Yeah, but Ziyech can create, whereas Zaniolo hasn't shown that he can, and that's the difference. And so I think with Dybala and Abraham, um, you know, putting the ball in the back in that, that's kind of Ziyech's bread and butter. I'd say bring him in. You know, that'd be my first choice to bring in if Zaniolo leaves. I guess I'm just a little hesitant to, like, make the immediately obvious Dele Ali comparison here, just because Dele Ali, from what I understand, was – you have to feel bad a little bit for Zaniolo in this situation just because of how much those injuries have obviously derailed the trajectory that he was on. And I don't really think that that is what happened with Dele Ali, right? Like he, he's kind of, he's off on bet at Besikas right now, but like, it's not, he was, he was signed by hot Tottenham in 2015 
they loaned him back to Milton Keynes. And then, like, he was impressive for several seasons. And then Mourinho came and things kind of fell apart, right? Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the general gist of what happened with him, right? Yeah. I guess I, I would just say that, like, if you, it's a little different to me that when you when you tear two ACLs versus when a manager comes in who's known for having good stand high standards for his players and the players just like screw this. Like, I think that there's a difference, and I I don't think anyone at the club has questioned Zaniolo's mentality and determination to try to get back to where we know he could be. That's the thing. Like, there's never been questions about his mentality. I think that's that, fair, but he did he did ultimately say screw this, and you know yeah, yeah but I I, 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 I mean like he did ultimately say screw this. That's fair, but I do think that there's a reason for that. Like I, I think that compared to like Dele Ali's situation, I just don't think that's a fair comparison to make. And I think that another indicator here is that you know Mourinho, even after he apparently submitted this transfer request, has basically said stuff along the lines of like. I don't I wouldn't mind if Zaniola stayed after February and like throughout his entire tenure, despite not really scoring, not being the player that we all know, like when Mourinho first came to Roma, he said one of the players I'm most excited to work with is Zaniolo. And he hasn't really changed that tune since the for, for the entire time of Mourinho's tenure. So I don't really this doesn't strike me as a situation where it's like, oh, Mourinho and Zaniolo don't get along and Mourinho's in the right because we'll see that like Zaniolo just like falls off after this or like continues to fall off is I, I think that just there's it's just a very different situation to me than the Dele Alli situation. Yeah. I don't know though, because in terms now the injuries certainly set him back physically. My biggest concern with Zaniolo, whether he would stick around or for his long-term future, just in terms of development as a player, what I haven't seen so much, and this is what's brought up a lot is his decision-making hasn't improved that much. Right. And that's, something that usually comes with time and hasn't really come with him it's he's kind of a head down dribbler which when he was super explosive he was taking people aback a bit but then then you know the league and the teams they start to realize you know what if we put a little pressure on him he's not going to make the best decision right back up back off him a little bit just make sure he doesn't have the shot and see if he can make a pass somebody and he generally doesn't and um, that's that's where the addition by subtraction, I think, you know, hypothesis came from uh, that I was seeing on Twitter a little bit. Now, my thing with Milan, I, I think he has to go abroad in terms, especially if, if Rum wants to make any money off him, because what Italian team right now has the money to drop 30 to 40 million euros straight cash on him, right? Probably not. Can I, can I interest you in, in trading a, a 40 million euro value player for a, a 50 million euro value player? Plus, right. Plus, a, plus right. a box of Cracker Jacks? And who on Milan's <laughs> roster would you take that they consider expendable, right? They're not moving Tonali. They're not moving yeah. any of those kind of players. They're not even going to um, move to Kittleri. Yeah, I agree with yeah. you. But like, you know, I think that I'm just very hesitant to place Zaniolo in the same category as other players who Mourinho has like had a bust up with because from all from all that we can see Mourinho has not had a bust up with him no like, I, I feel think like that's, a, that's a real, I think that's a really important point to make here because Mourinho has had bust ups with players in Roma like he had a bust up with Karsdorp and Karsdorp oh, yeah. is now persona non grata like we would know if they were not if Zaniolo and Mourinho weren't getting along I think that as when it comes to the whole thing about not necessarily making the best decisions, you also got to remember for that, basically the entirety of Mourinho's first season with Roma, he was consistently complaining about the way that Zaniolo was getting refed. And we said throughout that first season, like I think all of us basically said that after a certain point, if the referees are going to keep on refing Zaniolo this way, he might have to leave Serie A. And Mourinho said that. And Thiago Pinto said that. And so after, like, I mean... I just think that there's a lot more complicated elements to this than just, you know, he's not performing. That's it. Um, I think that the thing that bums me the most, quite honestly, uh, wouldn't be like there'd be a compare, like we compared him to Dele Alli because because of the obvious, you know, that's where Mourinho was last. But I think that if this is the way that, Zaniolo's career in Rome ends I think maybe the best comparison will be Antonio Cassano in terms of the sheer amount of promise that he had coming in and then things kind of falling apart 
I could see, I still could see Zaniolo having success at a big club after this, which is why I think I'd probably put him more in the Cassano camp than anything else. Uh, and that's kind of, that's a shame. Yeah. But, and when you look at Cassano, like he had a 14 goal season, a couple nine goal seasons with eight assists and things like it, except for the conference league trophy, Cassano's probably accomplished more in Rome in terms of individual statistics. And, and that, that's, that's the most disappointing part of, about Zaniolo. Like he's starting to get these Balotelli Cassano comparisons in terms of attitude. And I don't know if inside the locker room, that's what he is or not. We can't say we're not, we're not there. Um, but he's done less than those two players in terms of sheer individual accomplishments, like on the pitch to earn a move to a bigger club. Yeah, like Cassano was, was ready for a move to a Real Madrid type club when he left, you know, even the season he left midway through the year, he had five goals, four assists before that uh, January transfer. And, you know, um, actually I'm looking at, he actually had, no, I'm sorry. They, that was two goals. I was looking at the matches played. He only played five goals before, uh, five matches before he left. But, you know, point goes that he was able to move elsewhere. Now, would he have been better off staying in Rome uh, in terms of his, his what happened with his career after that? Sure. And I think Zaniolo, if he goes to too big of a club right away, is probably going to be in the same situation. If he goes to Spurs right now, Spurs has been the team linked, right? Does he start over, um, you know, he's not starting over Kane. Not starting over Sun. And then I mean, at this point, Sun's been in such bad form this season. Sun's form has been worse than Zaniolo's. You know, but think... he's he, he's a stalwart, though, right? And then you have right. spent a lot of money with Charleston, and then Kulosevsky's been pretty good for them. I guess I would just say that my larger point with the Zaniolo thing that I think we need to really kind of think about as Roma fans is that more than most other clubs that I can think of, not only in Serie A, but in Europe, writ large there is a real desire by kind of the rome the world of roma and maybe even put in the world of Mourinho too uh to lift players up and then to kind of tear them down a bit uh i think that roma really does chew up young talented players a lot of the time and note that the guys who have found success at roma in the long term who were not named totti and de rossi did go away for a bit like Pellegrini was gone for a couple seasons he had his growing pains elsewhere and I think that that might say something I think that to a certain extent with Zaniolo there was so much hype put on him from the word go uh and for good reason he looked incredible the moment he burst out of the gate against Real Madrid but I would say that it's Concerning for a club that prides itself on having such a strong primavera, concerning for a club that prides its who has said financially essentially we need to be able to promote young players to take on important roles in the starting eleven. Like with all those things being true, it's kind of concerning how much, first of all, the kind of Roman news media apparatus turns Zaniolo into like a uh, tab tabloid fodder from the word go. And then, you know, the moment that things start going wrong for him, the fans seem to turn on, on him pretty quickly. You, if, if Roma wants players to want to play for Roma, that's kind of a hard, hard thing to sell people on. See, I don't think that's fair. I think a lot of the Romaverse would say that it's been a few years going now that Zaniolo hasn't been performing since he's come back from injury. And by and large, hasn't really gotten a lot of grief from the fans up until, you know, the beginning of the month where they booed him. And, I don't know. Um, I feel like he's gotten plenty of grief from the fans, but maybe I'm just uh, watching too much Twitter. You know, that that is fair. I think you, I would separate the media and, you know, individuals on social media, but the fans who are attending the games because that's, you know, I, I think if you're Zaniello, it's kind of what you have to gauge. Um, you're standing among the Roma faithful. Um, and so by and large, I think that they they kind of, gave him a pass up until you know the last few weeks where he hasn't been performing at all and so finally it just came to a head and they booed him and then I think it's a little bit absurd that the first instance that this happens or you know the first significant instance that this happens is when you put in your transfer request I think um you know all the social media posts about on some level that does make sense right like he's basically hit rock like he was practically beloved by the fans when he first came onto the scene and to then hit rock bottom and be booed. Yeah. That would probably make you more inclined to want to leave. 
I, I think See, it comes down to money, though. I think he's had a long leash with the fans. I think considering yeah. how much he's been through, I think the fans have been behind him. And I think for the most part, if you work for the, the crest, Roma fans stick by their guys. I mean, they stuck with Florenzi for a long time before he really the, his game went south, right? And and I, I think Zaniolo has had a, a long leash in terms of giving him time to get back and perform. And I wanted him to do well. I, I My hopes for him were to be the next big star, right? I think that that was all Romanisi's hopes when he burst onto the scene. And then even when he came back from the first ACL for that short stint, we're like, oh, he still looks good. Like this is this is the kid for not only Roma, but for Italy. I think Italy's hope was that he'd be the next star for the national team. And he has not performed for whatever reason. And I think him and I think Mourinho's tried to prop him up for now a season and a half. I don't think there's any kind of bust up with Mourinho. I think it's been more just now an individual player probably getting bad advice from an agent because the timing of this is not really good for him to find his best destination for Roma to get their most transfer fee bang for the buck. Like I feel like they're both in a bad position. If you're trying to leave with a week left in the transfer window in January, not even in in the summertime. It's definitely the wrong time for this. I would agree with that. And I think that probably a lot of it, I wouldn't, I honestly would not be surprised if the booing was what triggered him finally saying like, Apologies to our younger listeners. Fuck it, I'm leaving. Like, I think that it it would not surprise me if that is what happened. That essentially he got booed. He said, fuck it, I'm done. And told his agent to submit a transfer request. That that wouldn't shock me. All right. So, yeah, Jim, I mean, I'm sure he's frustrated. But this, I'm going to read what Tiago Pinto said pre-match. Because he was obviously asked about Zaniola. Because as the the sporting director, general manager, he's going to get asked about transfers. And then Mourinho's comments post-match. So, this is what Pinto said when he was asked. Uh, someone tried putting individual interests ahead of those of the team, he told the Italian broadcaster. Is This was to Dazen. Um, this isn't the first time something like this has happened. Everybody here today has the desire and motivation to fight for the team and bring home three points. Adding, perhaps I've gotten it wrong sometimes, but from the very first day I got here until my last one, the interest of the team will always come first before individuals. So that kind of just shows where, I guess, the contract negotiations might have gone south and then Zaniolo asking out. And then post-match, Mourinho was asked, can you explain what's going on with Zaniolo? And he said, the general manager spoke before the game, and I think he said the right things. The key point is that we won the game today. The important thing is that we played well. Now we will see what happens. I have my opinion, my feeling, and that is on February 1st, he will be here. But the transfer window is still open, and Nicolo stated his desire to leave. But that's how I see things. And he was asked if, you know, Zaniolo has a change of heart. Would you welcome back with open arms? What sort of change of heart? And he said, you said it yourself, he stated that he wants to leave. Well, he, Mourinho responded, yes, he's expressed his desire to leave. But that doesn't does not mean he will actually leave. Even I might have liked to be in London with my family for dinner this evening, but I am here. And um, he was then asked, why do you have this feeling that he won't leave? And he said, because Nico is a big player. He has a significant transfer value. And what's currently on the table for him are offers that are impossible for the club to consider. Usually when a player has a great desire to leave, that desire is accompanied by a big offer that is hard to say no to. But there's nothing right now, or at least very little. So that's why my feeling right now is that he will be here on February 1st. I know this um, isn't the main takeaway, but I didn't realize that Mourinho's family wasn't in, in Rome. Yeah. <laughs> like that's That just seems kind of odd to me. But what, what do I know? Uh, I guess when you're you're that wealthy, you can... And like, yeah, I guess the difference between living in London and Rome is like the difference between living in like massachusetts and, and washington dc so it's probably not that not that big of a deal <laughs> i think that was the case when he was at united too he's like living in a hotel for like his entire tenure over there i couldn't do it <laughs> yeah so i mean he thinks that he'll still be here and it's very interesting that if he does want out um that marina has made it very clear there's not an acceptable offer on the table and i think that is important from a roma standpoint you don't just sell him for for chump change or you know, alone without any kind of financial uh, guarantees, I think, especially with a player of his injury history, I think a loan would be risky because he can go out on loan and get injured and and then you have no transfer value. I mean, a couple of seasons ago, we were talking about what, like 70 million were the rumors. Now it's like Roma's happy to take 30s from what people are saying. I, I think you hopefully get 35 to 40 if you're really going to sell them. But um, if nobody's coming with a big deal, I mean, he's probably here in, in another week from now and Marino's going to have to manage that. And he was asked on February 1st, how will you manage this situation? He goes, how will I manage it? Those who work hard and deserve to play will play. Those who don't work as hard and don't deserve to play will not play. Occasionally, selection decisions can be unfair like they were a bit today because I have a lot of players who work really hard and weren't a chance to play. 
But in the end, I've decided not to use them. I always try to do what is best in the interest of the club. I did that on my first day here. And up until my last day, I always try to do what I think is best for the club. If Zaniolo is here on February 1st, then he's an extra option we have. So Mourinho, keeping it straight. You work hard, you can play. I don't care if you asked out, but you're still here on February 1st. You can play based on what he's saying. And and um, just to add on one more thing, he was asked, um, but you have always jumped to the defense of Zaniolo. You've invested a lot in him. Coaches get can get pretty disappointed in such circumstances, excuse me. And this is what Mourinho had to say about investing on Zaniolo. I have a great relationship with him, to be honest. I've always tried to help him, and he has always responded with great effort. That's why even when people expect more goals or assists of game-changing moments from him, I defend him because I will always defend those who give everything for me and my team. I will always be at his side right now. He wants to leave, and that's something I have to accept. But that being said, where is the offer? Where is the offer that is acceptable for Roma that might allow us to add to our squad? Because if Nicolo does leave, then someone is going to have to come in to replace him. And if Nicolo leaves for six months on loan, even if it might be to a great league, if nothing comes back in exchange, then this is an unacceptable option too. It annoys me that in all this, it seems that like Tiago Pinto is the bad guy. He's not the bad guy of the story. He's always tried to defend Roma's best interests. So interesting there. I don't know if that's a shot at Vigorelli, the agent at the end, if it's a shot at Zaniolo after defending him, but It'll be I interesting to see that, how it I plays out. I wouldn't say that that's a shot at Zaniolo. I personally wouldn't say that. I would say it's either a shot at the agent or it's the shot at the situation more than any, or the or the clubs who aren't offering a permanent deal. Um, I think yeah, I would say that more than anybody. Yeah, I think it's I think that he's just saying mm-hmm. like, look, shit or get off the pot uh, when it comes to uh, trying to sign Zaniolo. Like, don't give me these six month dry loan offers because that's probably what some places are even trying to offer. Um, yeah, that that's my read of that situation. That at this point he wants to defend Tiago Pinto. He knows that based off of the offers that have been coming in, that the offers are not going to be sufficient to get Zaniolo off the team. So he's probably also trying to defend Zaniolo to a certain extent, and because he he will probably not to be burn every bridge, him. right? Yeah, you don't want yeah, to burn exactly. everything. Yeah, exactly. You can't burn every bridge. Um, and it's a lot. And just to be blunt, like it's a lot easier to burn bridges with a guy like Rick Karsdorp than it is with Nicolas Zaniolo. Like, just in terms of everything um so yeah uh my takeaway from that is that at the end of the day Mourinho probably respects Zaniolo's decision to want to leave but he won't just like give him a a chance to leave on a free transfer either um and that's the right approach that that should be the right approach for if a star player wants to leave your club just waiting for Todd Bully to come in with that hundred million dollar bid and uh, you know really help him out (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I think he also has to. In some ways, that's almost a negotiating ploy too. Like, look, this guy's still here on February first. You don't want to. You don't want to pony up some cash from him. I'm happy to have him here if he works for me. He can play. So, um, I don't. And then maybe push either other clubs or Vigorelli to to really, if you really want out, then find something acceptable for Roma, whether that's 35 million, 40 million, whatever it is. And he's right. If if he leaves, he has to be replaced. It might not have to be a like for like in terms of the attack uh likely means an attacker because Solbakken has come in too so you do have a little cover there but maybe in the midfield maybe that's a left-footed central defender you might want or another wing back so there's other places Mourinho I'm sure would want to spend a little cash if cash does come in um and just um I won't go too long on it because we've been talking about Zaniel for a while but I did put up a, a Twitter poll today uh, with just over one week left in the transfer window what should AS Roma do with Nicolo Zaniolo and uh you know Bren put it out there with the kids he told you account and we had 217 votes in in the time it was up this afternoon and 81.1 percent said sell now 14.3 percent said sell in the summer other uh 4.6 percent comment below um and even the ones you know that were comments i'd sell them asap we probably won't get what we want for him honestly doesn't don't think anyone will ever pay up what we want if a good deal comes in i take it and run says james Silvaggio. Uh, Michael Lisi, who is a Milan writer, says an outsider, you have to sell him if an EPL team is interested. You have to. Uh, AS Roma fan six, I would sell him now. I'm not seeing any improvement with the mental part of his game. He lacks vision and is very mature. He's not scoring goals and loses the ball too easily. I would rather his touches go to Dybala. Um, and th- these are just a few. We did have one per- person, Martin Clendera, say extend him. I-, I don't know what cost Martin would want to extend him, but that, that would be interesting to hear. Uh, Lucy, if they don't sell Zaniolo now, it will be a problem for all the remaining season better to sell him now uh chavi wait until the right offer comes in Mao has no issue keeping a player in his team that he won't play these epl teams are loaded take him to the cleaners you have to kind of agree that's with that. how they, i agree yeah, yeah. They, they are they are loaded so if you're gonna get them, sell the them money, for the right well. price that's yeah. that's the way you gotta do it and i i think that 
Romanisti can't just say sell this guy after complaining and moaning for like decades about Roma selling low. Like yeah. at, at some like this is that this is the price that you pay sometimes when you don't want to sell low on a player. It means that you don't sell, but you indicate but you show that you're a negotiator that's not to be messed around with by saying this is my price. And if you don't meet it, we're not selling. Yeah, and then just a couple more. We had a Sufjan, a longtime listener. Uh, the best players show their class regardless of circumstance. Daniel won't be amongst this elite group. He can be a good player, but there are many good players out there now, some of which are actually good now and won't have us reading the stars in hope of some magical spark. Uh, Diamante Jalorosi, potentially he could be punished for a period, get his attitude and condition right, slowly reintegrate him into the team and with a new agent, ask for a realistic extension and salary, possibly with clauses for increased wage based on doing the business on the field. Uh, and then we had ice versus land one and a half years watching ace Roma games on TV. And that will probably happen. So <laughs> it'll be interesting to see by the time we record next week, what the Zaniolo situation is, because by then it'll be the end of the month and we'll be like a day or two out from the end of the transfer window. Um, any of you guys want to leave with Zaniolo before we talk quickly about a couple other topics? Silence is deafening. So just to, just to revisit the table, um, the big news this week after we recorded last week was that Juve was deducted 15 points by the, the tribunal that ruled their, you know, dealing shady. Um, I did see mention that Roma could be dragged in with the Pellegrini Spinazzola deal. We'll see if anything comes out of that, but I, I know Juve, there was a lot going on with evidence and wiretaps and things like that. Um, so for the time being with Juve dropping 15 points, um, down to 10th place. Roma, like Jimmy mentioned, is is tied for third technically with uh, Milan and Lazio still to play tomorrow. So this is what the table looks like. Napoli running away with 50 points. Milan on 38 game in hand. Inter losing to Empoli today. This was a match where I texted my buddy Nick pre-match and I said, this feels like one of those matches Inter could slip up because they're, they won that Super Copa last week. And sure enough, Empoli um, went to the San Siro. Screenier got a red card and Inter lost. So Roma's level with Inter. Uh, Adelanta drew Juve right after Roma played yesterday. So they're on 35. Lazio on 34 could be level with Roma if they get a result at the Olympico tomorrow against Milan. So table wide open. If Juve is deducted 15 points, if it's reduced to nine or something like that, Roma's in a very strong position for fourth. Even if it's erased completely, Roma, I think, is still in a fairly strong position for the top four. So guys, how are you feeling right now? We go to Naples Sunday. That's going to be a tough three points. But after that, we have a, a good run of fixtures, like we mentioned last week. And, and Romo's starting to seem like they're turning the corner a bit. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty pretty optimistic about Roma. Uh, granted, Sunday's match against Napoli might be tough. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like the Derby del Sole is second, maybe only to the Derby della Capitale in a anything can happen kind of way. Uh, you kind of have to throw out a uh, league form out the window before that match. And I have some confidence that the Roma that's playing right now, especially with such defensive integrity can contain uh, Napoli on Sunday. I would never go as far as to say that I'm optimistic about Roma, but <laughs> I think, I think we are in a decent place right now. And um obviously Napoli game will be insanely difficult. And, but if they can get a win, or, you know, even a draw, not, um, you know, steal a point since it is away to Naples. Um, but the month of February, as Steve was alluding to, is very, very easy fixture list. Um, and Roma don't necessarily have a difficult game outside of um, the Salzburg Europa, Europa League matches uh, sandwiched in there until uh, they face Juventus first game of March. And so they can really rack up the points and either – um, you know, solidify their hold on a spot in the top four, or if they are able to beat Napoli over the weekend, maybe continue to pick up ground. Um, depending if depending on if Napoli finally start to show some weaknesses and lose steam a little bit, but um, credit to the team for getting through this um, first month of the restart and not having lost a single match um, in that run. So I'm very excited about the next the next month for the club. Yeah, it's, Sunday's going to be difficult, right? I, I think if we go there and get a draw, I think you have to be fairly happy with that after the way it played out at the Olympico the first time. I hope we're a little more attacking, not not go all out attack, because obviously Napoli will, will tear to shreds with the way they've attacked this year. But 
I feel like the first time we played Napoli, we were so negative that we really were never going to score a goal. It was like almost like you had to play a zero zero or you weren't getting any anything out of that match because we were so poor on the counter attack. Um, and it took a, a really nice Osiman goal to to get Napoli all three points. So Roma can contain Napoli's defense. It's at what cost? And you know, maybe now with Tammy feeling confident, with Dybala feeling pretty good about himself, maybe now we have enough that we can counter a team like that and maybe hit him on the counter for absorbing pressure because we probably will absorb quite a bit of pressure down at the San Paolo. Um, but at least with the results we've had recently, it makes me feel like Roma could go and steal a point or maybe steal a result if the defense really is on the top of his game. You know, Napoli um, had a very – I didn't need to watch the match, but I saw they had a, a bit of a tough time this past weekend uh, against Salernitana, who had given up eight goals recently to um, Adelante. I think it was just a week ago, and Davide Nicolo got fired. He got brought back within two days. Welcome to Italian football. But, you know, they they were tough on Napoli, and it took Napoli until – the just about halftime and then one right after halftime to win a, a, a match that really you expect them to dominate. I mean, 75% possession, but not scoring as, as well. And I guess it's important to mention because it directly affects Roma. They lost in the Copa Italia in penalty kicks last week to be eliminated. So Roma's path to the Copa final is, is a lot more open than we expected it to be. Huh? I mean, they're out. Milan is out who would have been a potential semifinal opponent. Cremonese and then Torino or I think it's uh, Fiorentina in the the semis. I mean, guys, this is the best crack we've got at uh, Coppa Italia in some time, I think, no? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, I'm not going to jinx it because I'm really tired of getting my hopes up in the Coppa Italia. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon's tired of getting getting his hopes up with Roma in general. I'm just tired of the Coppa Italia so far. Uh, I, I have yeah. no problem jinxing it. Oh, if man. Roma win on Sunday against Napoli... I'm going to go out on a limb and say treble in the future. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, Sunday will be interesting. I'm in a pickle. I mean, a good pickle because I'm, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan and they will be playing the same time as Roma on Sunday. So I'll be trying to either watch Roma at the same time or watch Roma after that football game and hopefully be double happy on Sunday. But um, looking forward to it, you know, a couple about a month ago, we might have been not being as optimistic going to the San Paolo, but now at least Roma's playing in good form, and you know, we have things to look forward to. The Coppa Italia against Cremonese in, in about a month could be, you know, hopefully playing right into Roma's hands. We see actually Cremonese in the Copa is about a week away, uh, Cremonese in the league is about a month away, so a lot of Cremonese coming up, a lot of fields to finish on. Um, keep him away from Gini Winhaldum if he's back on the pitch by then, but. Guys, it might be a busy week in the Romaverse with what's going on with Zaniolo and the Napoli coming up. So anything you want to leave the listeners with before we we leave? Just uh, fingers crossed by the end of the week, we have Ziyech and the win over Napoli. Brandon, I, I, I wouldn't it. mind someone other than Ziyech, but yeah, sure. <laughs> I'd love Fratezzi to come with that money, but I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, me too. I'd love to see Fratezzi, but, um, you know, the Ziyech... I'm, I'm on Twitter here and we see uh, I beg at AS Roma with a picture of Zish from, from some people. So we'll see what happens, but uh, it'll be interesting and uh, it's going to be a busy week. So keep up with the site and we'll be back next week, hopefully to discuss a positive result down in Naples. So thanks again for listening. We'll catch you soon.